legend. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're bringing you something spicy, something exotic. A German-only tournament and it's, I mean, the winner, you know it already. He's winning everything he's entering at this point. It's none other than Moment Delton. How do you think, Moment? I'm doing pretty good. I still think you're uh, you're talking a bit too good of me, you know? Like, it, it hasn't been a lot of wins. It hasn't been a lot of tourneys, but yeah. I, I do be building up a streak, so... Maybe it's just being humble, humble about it, which is the secret ingredient that I just recently tried for the first time. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. A secret ingredient. Now, now it's getting interesting. I, I mm -hmm. want to hear about that, but maybe later, because we were talking about a bit about the interview. Maybe the format itself of Uniliga is not known to people, so maybe you would like to present it a bit, tell people how you have gone through the format. Um, so yeah, the, the format is we have like four qualifier cups, which is like open qualifiers. So I think we had like 50 players on average on these. Um, and there we have like three people who make it, like two through winner's bracket. And actually, no, we have four. Let me, let me calculate real quick. Ah, uh, no, it's three. Yeah. So we have two through winner bracket and then one in loser's bracket that makes it. And in the end, we have like nine of these people. That doesn't add up. I should have thought about this before I started talking. <laughs> Yeah, right? anyways, uh, yeah, I think it was this way, three per cup, and then some people get in through points, who performed well over all qualifiers, so you gain points, like, depending how far you get, and then we just, the tourney on the weekend that we just had were the playoffs, where we basically have a top 16 uh, in a group stage, like, four times four group, basically, uh, which is just double elimination, basically, there, it's no round robin, and so we have a top eight for the next day, and this is double elim, so yeah, I just got there through winner's bracket then, and it didn't came to a bracket reset because it was against Coinflip, who you know is uh, you know I couldn't wish for an easier opponent there. So yes, <laughs> I, I did I did have a pretty pretty smooth run, I'd say. Don't do the man dirty like that. I beat him as well, but don't tell him. I mean, he knows. <laughs> uh, doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But who were you matched against in in the group phase? Who were you playing against? Yeah, the group phase was interesting because I ac actually got paired with Coinflip and our lineups were pretty similar. So um, I think we're talking about the lineups later, but he brought Sivir instead of Azaralia. Mm -hmm. Apart from that, our lineup was similar because uh, Simon kind of leaked it the, the day before the tourney when I was actually prepping uh, for myself for once and uh, with, with basically Simon and Broken Ball. But, you know, I, like in the end, it's, it's the right move. Like we're all the scrim group. Uh, it was really unfair. I got matched against Coinflip. I also lost to him. I think round two, because round one I was against Valdo, and I faced him again then in the loser's bracket. So I had to win twice against Valdo. I did it, and that's how I got day two. But I actually lost to Coinflip day one. Why or what happened day one that brought you the loss? He high-rolled my ass. And I low-rolled. I, I can't say it differently, yeah. I don't know. He, had a, he flipped a GP, like we had the Plunder matchup, I think mm -hmm. against my Azeralia. And he actually beat me on Plunder into my Azeralia because he flipped it on Curve. Um, so, and I didn't get a single recall there. So I'd say a bit unfortunate. Of course, Coinflip a good player. Uh, I, I like to undermine it uh, a lot of times. He's a good player. And yes, uh, I mean, yeah, he just drew a bit better and played decent. So. Yeah, uh, and I'm seeing the lineup that you brought quite a lot, for example, in Darcy Invitational, the one that won Ratchet Kata on you has brought the Selena. So let's get to the spice and the ever-present discard aggro. Whenever you're entering a tournament, it's now a staple. Why? 
Yeah, I don't know. Like Simon kind of got me on the on the hype train for that one. I think he recently had a line uh, had an interview with Simon as well. Mm -hmm. He brought Lurk and Discord, I think. Uh, Lurk obviously is more moving towards like a tier two deck by now. Like it's mm. it's it, it has been falling down a bit. But Discard overall just the best aggro deck probably in the game right now. Um, overall, like really. You can play it at a different pace, which is also nice. Like a lot of times, it's actually fine to pass on turn three if you lose like two units in the trade, because you can set up a big crowd favorite. Uh, I think that the deck is just really, yeah, the deck feels just good to play. It's pretty well set in the meta, I'd say. Like it, it beats Azaria pretty hard. It beats the Plunder. Uh, it's actually going, I think, slightly favored into Sivir, even though Spirit's Refuge is a problem. I think overall, it's pretty well well settled into that matchup as well. So, yeah, I think the, the deck is just absolutely crazy. I've been doubting for way too long because it, uh, it kind of ruined the seasonal run I had, I think, two seasons ago or something, where I actually went 0-4 on it. So, yeah, I think it redeemed itself, and I'm, I'm very happy to bring it by now. In, in the beginning of the deck, people were calling the deck high rolly, and it was high rolly back in the day because you needed to hit certain cards, but now with all the tools that we've got, the deck finally feels consistent. Yeah, I mean, I think we, uh, we've we talked about it, I don't know if it was the last one or the one before that, about aggro decks in general being mm -hmm. high rolly uh, versus uh, just being built consistently. And I think this card obviously is, curve-wise, is a bit different uh, regarding to like the, the traditional aggro decks, I'd say. Like this has a lot more like swingy combo turns, I'd say. I like uh, people love to throw around like the term combo loosely. Uh, in the community, whether it's like aggro decks or mid-range decks, like anything is a combo once you chain two cards together, it feels like. But um, yes, I think the, the deck is just way more explosive in the way how it can how it can play its cards out just due to the discard mechanic. And um, yes, I mean, there are complete nut draws that win you the game like turn two. These happen. Uh, sadly, not to me. So I'm forced to, to drag games out and actually play it fair. So um, I'd say the deck is still very consistent because, like, there are no like if there are such high rolls, there should be low rolls as well. Of course, you have them. I, th I think I saw a tweet of you, or oh no, I, th I saw you in the chat today where you said like you have a double vision starting hand or something. Like these happen as well, right? And I think it got a bit worse by them nerfing rummage to two mana, it being played as a one off by now instead of a two off. So like fixing your hand is a bit harder, but uh, overall, like with Experimenter, with the Urchins, uh, you have enough basically ways of um, fixing your hand towards like the crucial turns around like turn four and five. Uh, like it's always possible to draw and fix a hand, I feel like. So uh, the deck is pretty consistent in itself, I'd say. And I've seen people playing Boom Baboon, I've seen Simon playing Boom Baboon, so why why are you still no, uh, non-believer? Why are you not putting it in the deck? <laughs> um, so I was obviously I had to ask Simon like regarding discard. Like he's been spamming that deck ever since. He he likes to he likes to present himself as the the good old combo control Karma Ezreal player in beta. Uh, the thing is, I know him since beta. He has played Burn Aggro back then. Uh, he was never a Karma S player. So uh, sorry, Simon. I'm calling you out here. But uh, he is very, very gifted at discard, so I asked him the day before. And I think we also talked to Broken Ball, who has been running Rearguard, and he was talking to Simon about like the Boom Baboon, how it felt like it didn't feel great, because in the end, um, Simon's argument was like a lot of decks run like a one-drop, like the Treasure Seeker and the Shrima decks, right? Like 
All these stacks basically have something to block your rearguard. That was this argument for running Boom Baboon because it's just better there. But uh, Simon switched off Boom Baboon to rearguard by now as well. Uh, has been running it a bit. It feels pretty good. Uh, the list I'm running here is Game Breakers list from Ladder. I think this is the one going around in the community for the most part as well. Uh, since Game Breakers has been performing pretty well with it. So, yes, Simon went off the Boom Baboon copium right now. Uh, uh, so he's also on rearguard, and uh, I'm glad we found like common ground there. So I felt safe to bring this list. Mm, at least I'm experimenting, and I've seen people experimenting with Draven's biggest fan. Was it ever a consideration, or is it any good in the tournament meta, more specifically than the latter one? Um, before the Boomba Boon release, I actually ran um, the the Draven's biggest fan before rearguard got buffed as well. I think that was a time back mm. but i didn't put rearguard in for a while because like draven's biggest fan was still something i was testing uh the thing is like you didn't play it as a real one drop right it was more like a fourth draven or something to guarantee having him on three so of course it's nice to to have it in that regard but a lot of times i felt like you're kind of hard mulling for draven anyways uh if you have a two of draven's biggest fan most of the time you're mulling into it and in the end it's it didn't i don't know it didn't feel great like i think it does the the things it's supposed to do uh, but the way you're forced to mulligan, uh, like aggressively with discard a lot of times, like mulling away your discard fodder, even discard triggers, depending on, on how your hand is looking, made it a bit awkward for the mulligan, I feel like. And uh, I just enjoy having like a rear guard, like a solid one drop along Urchin, which doesn't need a combo piece. I'll, I'll call it a combo piece by now as well, <laughs> uh, to be fair. So yeah, like not having discard fodder for Urchin is like often annoying. So like having a 3 2 is just very, very strong, right? If it goes through unblocked. Uh, it's already had great value for the deck, so yes. And I've been experimenting with uh, or playing more like Draven's biggest fan. And I think the biggest problem is the late game. If you draw either yes. Draven's biggest fan or a Legionary Guard, because you might want the Legionary Guard because it doesn't put a Draven on top of your deck. You might have other outs. Yes, that's a very good point. I didn't think about this right now. Yes, that's definitely a very good point because like Draven's biggest fan is such an awful top deck. Uh, yes, that's, I mean, most of the time, like, uh, you don't want to get in this top deck mode because you have, like, Experimenter, you have your Jinx drawing you two cards each turn, hopefully, but I was in scenarios as well, now that I think about it, where, like, Draven Biggest Fan just came off the top, uh, I didn't really want to play it because I'm just, like, digging for my Jinx or my Experimenter, and there it's, like, like you said, just awful to put a Draven on top of your deck in those late turns, so, yes, I, I think Rearguard does fit the, the deck very well after the buffs, and, uh, I think I want to experiment a bit more like with Boom Baboon again, putting it as a two-off. I don't think Rearguard is the point where I want to cut then. I was thinking maybe House Spider. But House Spider is so great with crowd favorite. It's just so, so awkward to, to find the spot for the Boom Baboon, I feel like. And that was my, my, um, what I was worried about when it got revealed as well. Simon was pretty sold on it, said it's a guaranteed three-off in the deck. Uh, and you, you see where he's at now. He, he cut it as well for Rearguard, so I think... Um, all the experienced discard players kind of agree as well that it's like awkward to play. Uh, of course, like it's good to experiment with it, but I think Rearguard like was the correct choice here. Uh, thinking back, like it, it did get in a, a good chunk of damage for the most part. I mean, it's also an argument to play Boom Baboon if you are in something that is running most of the time. I have the Dragon Samayonia Bullshit because you put uh, Boom Baboon on the board. If they do not have a protection spell, they might eat a damage or they broke re recklessly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in these matchups, you also love to have the regard, right? Mm. So that's what I was thinking, maybe in the two drop slot, but they're like 
Battlecaster and the House Spider are so crucial for the game plan of this card, where you like want to swarm the board till turn four. Eventually, like skip a, a full swing on turn three to set up the crowd favorites, and then you just try to go in for like twelve damage or something. Uh, on turn five, you follow up with an experimenter, find your jinx, and then close out the game. Uh, that's how it usually goes, right? So I think uh, it's very hard to fight, fit Boom Boom in here in here for this game plan. And how is Rummage doing for you? Do you do you find value for it even if it's two mana? Do you find some spots? I know it's a one-off, so most of the time you might not see it, but does it still find value? Uh, I have to say, I think I had two spots where it um, where it would have been really good if I didn't win or already win the game. Uh, I think my hardest series all over the tournament was against Navatix. Like he had a really good lineup. I think it was Lee, uh, Draven, Ezreal, and Nasus Thresh. Which all do, like, this is a really solid lineup, right? Into aggro and, like, the whole, uh, like, Discord in general. It was, like, basically targeting Discord. And I think I actually lost to Lee with Discord. Uh, no, with Plunder, I think. And then I was forced to play into his, his Thresh Narsus, got the free one on Sedge GP. Because uh, it's, like, I mean, I, I had the perfect curve, but it's, like, pretty favorite in the, into it, I'd say. Uh, and Discord, I was, like, uh, I was already getting ready for, ready for loser's bracket, to be fair there. Because like he had the perfect early game, uh, but somehow I just top decked from card favorite into Jinx into Experimenter, where I discarded a, a Flame Tromper and a Vision, drew a Rummage to trigger the Rocket in the same turn, which I didn't even need because I had lethal. But yeah, in these spots, like sometimes the Rummage just comes in clutch, right? Like after Experimenter turns, um, it, it can be really good. Or like just with with Jinx in general, if you have the spare mana, if you do it on the following turns, so. Yes, I think Rummage, I, I was thinking of testing it as a 2-off again, but uh, that might be too heavy. So, like, especially since we're like, like on three Poro Cannons by now, be, just because of all the Sivir decks that we're facing, some Azorelia, it can block a duel. I think triple Poro Cannon is kind of mandatory right now, so it's hard to yeah, fit in a second Rummage. But yeah, I think the one-off copy feels really good. Do you feel that the nerf for the Rummage was uncalled, or was there some substance to it? I mean, it was probably, it was too good, I guess. I like good cards, especially in decks that I enjoy playing, uh, obviously. Like, every single Shurima player probably thinks about Merciless Hunter and uh, Rune Runner. I think uh, I'm the same here when it comes to Rummage, because I love PNZ decks when they're good. So um, I think that the nerf was deserved. It was pretty good for one mana. It, it was basically played in S-Draven discard. Lulu Jinx as well. I think it was just, like, an auto-include in these decks, even though it was, like, just a two-off. Um, I th yeah, I think it makes sense to nerf it, even though I don't know if it was like that critically considered by critical considered by the community, but I think pushing it to two mana does not hurt it too much. It is obviously a nerf, but um, I mean, I, I think it's understandable. But the difference between Lulu Jinx and Discard Agro, I think is Lulu Jinx tends to be more explosive than Discard Agro. Discard Agro can manage to stabilize sometimes. The, the bodies in Discard Agro are not that big, but they fare well blocking, for for example, if you want to block with a driven, you're not going to feel bad because you at least get the value out of it, it's not easy to remove. But against Lulu Jinx, you need to buff things, and if your units are shitty, your game is shitty. Yeah, exactly. I feel like a lot of this, like everyone, I, I know you played a bit of Discord on ladder as well, uh, watching your streams. Uh, we all know how important Draven is in Discord on turn 3, or how much easier it makes the game. But I think it's not comparable how, how mandatory Lulu is in the Lulu Jinx deck because like the only way how you basically um, get ahead in the early game is I feel like the the Lulu Chomper combo where you just get free trades on across the board and can basically stabilize to drop the Jinx. 
Um, so I think it's like Discord has more outs there, how it can basically uh, still, you know, um, develop properly and, and follow its game plan than like Julu Jinx missing Lulu or Chompers early. I feel like the deck kind of falls apart. But I, I gotta admit, I haven't played it enough because like I see no reason playing it over Discord right now. Uh, it is definitely a good deck though, and I wanted to, to test it somewhere, especially since Mezume also did a video on it because uh, I remember talking with him about it before he made the video. Uh, he got me interested in playing it some more as well. So yeah, I'll see if I if I get some more testing in. But from my understanding right now, it's like it's it's way more it's way more relying on its top decks, uh, way more relying on having the Lulu on three than like Draven discard, and overall feels weaker in the way like how it how it can play out the game. But yeah, maybe probably, I need some more testing. Probably one of the biggest advantages for this card aggro is that big crowd favorite. Like in Lulu Jinx, you do not mm -hmm. get that big body with overwhelm most of the time. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Like crowd favorite is just like even if you don't have a Draven, you drop a house fighter on three. Uh, it feels really, really bad the moment you do it, right? Right. But if you have like the crowd favorite follow up, who basically gets like two swings in or a swing and then like some resources in the form of a unit or a spell, um, I think crowd favorite just does an amazing job at like still following, like helping you get to the to the turns where you can just drop your Jinx or experimentary. You have enough pressure on the board alongside like the visions, like the whiteboards that you have at the point where you drop the crowd favorite. Um, so I think it's it's just yeah, Lulu Jinx does not have this form of pressure it can put down like discard. Yeah, makes sense. Now moving forward to the next deck, actually we're going to present. This one is getting kind of some traction on the ladder. It's being present in the tournament scene. Some people call it even the best deck in the tournament scene. It's Sejuani GP. So how did you come to pick up the deck yourself? Um. So yeah, I I actually got um, because I was doing. Uh, basically, I was pretty busy, so I basically told the guys, yo, uh, help me test some decks, you know, just queue it up on ladder. Uh, BB was like, nah, man, I gotta save my LP. He queued it up, and I think he went on an eight-game win streak with the deck. Uh, he did not thank me later, which I'll call you out for as well, BB. You know, a thank you would have been nice. But uh, yeah, the deck has been surprise performing surprisingly well. Uh, I think the Monster Harpoon is just such an amazing card in this deck, like... It just, I don't know, it feels so amazing, like having a fast speed removal for like three mana. Um, overall, it I always felt like it's hard to get your plunder procs with like the early versions that we had like during Rising Tides. I remember playing Sedrani Misfortune. Um, you know, like you would miss the plunders. Uh, you would feel bad playing a warning shot on defense just for the trigger. But like Monkey Idol is just absolutely crazy, like uh, the way how it basically gives you three triggers. So the deck just obviously kind of preys on Sivir. Uh, has a really good matchup into it, as well as like most other mid-range decks. Uh, I did see it into Waldo in the group stage, who brought his infamous scouts and Ashnox alongside it. Like this deck had a pretty easy time into them, like in most uh, mid-range decks, like Jordan Shen probably as well, like all of these should be good. Uh, since it's not that hard to actually get your GP search flipped on turn six uh, around that, like. On curve is kind of like, you know, like a higher roll to have it on five, but like around turn six, seven, you should have it flipped. And then it's like, you have so many threats, like even against control decks, like they have to deal with your GP, they have to deal with your Dreadway. The Sejuani, which just gives you free trades every single turn. Um, so I think the deck is just really, really nice, like nicely built that it can like hold up, like hold its ground into aggro decks, which are like the worst matchups for it, right? But like you have Make It Rain, you have early bodies, uh, while also having this amazing top end and like mid game as well. So. 
I'm not sure um, if I would have brought it in like a ride from a tournament because Uniliga is region lock. So this deck made a lot of sense. Like a lot of people brought it. I think five or six people um, alongside like Coinflip, Guardia, uh, Xki. No, did Xki bring it? I don't remember. Oh, Kurashi brought it as well. So yeah, all these. Yeah, a lot of people brought it. I think region lock is the, the biggest reason we brought it because like it's hard to find a good Bilgewater deck um, by itself, even though. We got the Make It Rain buff. Like, I myself tried a lot of, like, Ezreal TF and stuff like that. It didn't feel great. Uh, not at all. <laughs> I lost a lot. Um, so, yes, I think this is, like, definitely the most solid build water deck we have right now. If you... Maybe I should test some more Swain TF. But, yeah, this this build water deck feels really good. Swain TF, you speak like sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can tell, yeah. Sorry is, like, always whispering in my ear. You know, like, the, the devil is like, try Swain TF. Just, just queue it on ladder. And you see myself losing 200 LP because of sorry, but yeah, I mean Swain TF should be pretty good into into the meta as well. Like it has a good shot into Sivir. I feel like like better than Draven Ezreal. So um, maybe there is something in Swain TF, but I think this is the most uh, prevalent build water deck on ladder we have right now. And I think it's yeah, it's a really good deck. Otherwise, I wouldn't have brought it. Um, even though the intention was to find like the the best worst deck because like you bring two solid decks, Discard and Shurima Ionia. And usually the problem is finding like a good third deck in region lock. And I was not sold on Plunder for a while, but when I got BB to play it a bit and played it a bit myself, it felt pretty good. So yeah, I'm very happy with the choice. I see you are a true believer in the deck in and in the <laughs> allegiance part of it because you are not playing any Freljord card, any additional Freljord card outside of Sejuani. Did you try? Maybe with something like Three Sisters, I've seen people playing some Ice Shards. Did you try those decks or did you feel like they are unnecessary? Uh, I think they make a lot of sense. On, on ladder, I played them myself. I think in the region lock tourney where you can just ban Noxus, because usually you want to ban Noxus if you bring Azerelia, uh, this deck, and uh, discard yourself. Like you'll, you'll end up playing against other aggro decks, which you know is fine. Like Discard beats most other aggro decks. But it does have a kind of rough time into Ezra Draven, even though that's kind of close. Uh, overall, you kind of want to ban Noxus. So most of the time, I'm not in need of Ice Shards. If I ban, I would like... In the end, it was like most of the times just discard. And I think that's the matchup like Ice Shard just hits. Um, like all other aggro decks, so I was pretty free to cut it. Uh, Three Sisters was something we played for a bit. Um, I did not really love it. I feel like just having the triple Make It Rain, triple Harpoon... Uh, I liked playing three Zaps. I think like Zap. I don't know if it's like in the most common lists. I think the the first time like the deck attraction was um, what was his name? Someone made rank one with the deck, right? Who's been playing the deck since since uh, Rising Tides and hasn't dropped it since then. Uh, sadly, I forgot his name, which is a shame. But, yeah, the, was it Retting Bones? No, an EU. We had someone who just made rank one and like overtook Alan. Like it was, I think, like three or four weeks ago. Uh, I'll have to look it up. But yeah, that's the that's the first time I really saw the deck, you know, like or it got on my radar. And these versions still ran like no Zap and like um, three sisters, uh, which I didn't love. Like I think Zap is just too important right now into these Sivir decks, where even though you're like favored into them, like a Ghost Sivir with Flurry of Fist can just blow you out on the spot. So having an elusive here is just pretty nice. And I think Coinflip also tagged in the two, like two of the one-one fearsome elusives, like the one drop. Uh, I don't remember the name right now, but yeah, that is also tech for like, uh, I think if you like Zap is just a nice elusive blocker and like tutoring and make it rain is or like in general, a plunder trigger for the Shirani is just often good enough. 
Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, did you try to take elusive later in the game? I don't know if it makes much sense because I think there is the wave rider that's for five mana, four four with a tune. But mm. is, is that really a viable option for the deck if you really want? Um, I think that card is underrated. Uh, I think it's obviously more of like an expedition card. But um, I don't know. Like the card is missing something. I don't know what, but it's not a lot. Uh, overall, I think like Zap is just over, like we've seen it since Go Hurt. The the card is just insanely broken when it like has a win con like Go Hurt. That is obviously something it tutors. But even then, afterwards, like if it just screws to make it rain or warning shot, it's often like already really good, right? Because like the the value of drawing this one card where you exactly know what card you're gonna draw um, for the most part, and especially in a plunder deck where often you you might need like I, I remember playing against Waldo the Ashnox matchup and I had the chance to drop a Dreadwear on 8 but I decided to play a Zap because like just having the option to later freeze the whole board with a Sidwani on board uh, would value itself and uh, that's what it actually came down to in the end so I think Zap just basically giving you the, like one of the few spells you have uh, uh, yeah I mean I think everyone knows Zap is a good card so I, I felt like it's, sin it's a sin to not put it in there and I would not cut it at all and I don't think like Wave Rider I mean, Wave Rider, like, I don't think, like, Zap is necessary to play as an elusive, really, that, you know, has a body and mm -hmm. pushes damage. But, like, it's just a consistent plunder trigger while also tutors your spells, so... That feels pretty good. Yeah, total sense there. And the last deck... I, I cannot believe we're still seeing this in this meta. In, the, in this yes. economy! <laughs> Azir Arena yeah. still being played. Why? Tell me. Um, yes, Ice-T actually immediately asked me that when he saw me bring it uh, for the Uniliga cast. And my answer was, I know it's Rist and Sivir, but I just love the deck. And yes, I mean, Azarelia, I don't know. This deck just feels so good to play. Defined that's an absolutely broken card. Uh, I did surprise Mr. Ice Tea as well in the cast when I recalled my own unit with it to find a lethal, uh, which is often underrated. Like, uh, like I, don't, I don't know like, if it's on the radar of a lot of people. Like, Simon didn't, didn't realize it at first as well. Um, it ended up giving me three swaps with Aurelia because I just played Dance the Ribbon Dancer, played it again, and I would end up finding like some nice lethal patterns. So Defined Dance just really, and alongside Twin Disciplines, which is like, you know, like probably like the most prevalent Ionia card right now. Like it's just an amazing combat trick. Like both of these made up for the nerfs as Aurelia like received before. And I think, which, because I was expecting people to bring some plunder. Uh, I felt like Azarelia is just a good call in that regard. Whereas, like, I hate playing the Silver Mirror. It feels like you need—you basically need to draw the right cards. There's not much outplay potential. Uh, so I'd rather play the slightly unfavored matchup for Azarelia into Silver because I think it's like 45-55 or something, 47 maybe for Azarelia. So uh, I go into the matchup unfavored, but I think like into the it, it it paid off because like I faced a lot of plunder, which Silver doesn't feel great into, but Azarelia just completely farms it usually. If they don't hit the nut curve and like have ice shards or something, so um, Azrelia just I don't know. It was just a con like a comfort pick for the most part, but ended up like performing crazy because of all the plunder that was brought and discard basically being an auto band for the lineup anyways or Noxus in general. So like even the S Ravens that we saw uh, in the tournament, uh, which I think like have a really good matchup nowadays into Azrelia, like even better because they don't run culling, which might seem pretty good into that because again culling in Azir. But often you just got blown out by like a shape stone now even more by like a twin disciplines. I think culling is like often more a trap. So I think S Draven still has a really good matchup into it. 
And um, I did get rewarded by just banning Noxus and facing a lot of plunder. So I got a pretty safe queue with Azorelia first. You mentioned Defiant Dance and using it on your own units. Why do you think people often forget about it and they're so focused on the opponent's units? Because I've seen people, I've faced people that could have had little, for example, just by calling, recalling their units, but decided to recall mine. Why do you think it's so counterintuitive? Um, I think it's for the most part after we got the Will of Ionia buff. A lot of people experimented with that as well, right? They wanted to see if, like, if it's better than Homecoming, because, like, Homecoming can be interrupted. It obviously has upsides in the way where you can, like, save units yourself by recalling them. But I think a lot of people, like, experimented with Will of Ionia. This card got kind of teased immediately after the patch where it got buffed. And people thought, like, yeah, maybe this is just better than Will of Ionia. Put it in as a replacement and now see it as kind of a slow Will of Ionia, which I think is not really doing the card justice. Uh, a lot of people, I think, on, on the like when it got teased, a lot of people that didn't play Azorelia a lot were like, this card seems pretty bad, it's slow speed, it's it's very, like, um, you know, pretty forced into a spot where you have to play it, uh, like, not reactively because it's not fast speed. But uh, the Defiant Dance is just an absolute tempo card in that way, right? Because you basically get the extra summons and attack triggers for, uh, for Aurelia. Like, uh, if my opponent plays a Sidrani on 6, um, it's not something I want to save till it's like, flip the Sidrani, I just want to bounce her immediately. Get a blade dance, you know, like get closer to my level, champion level ups, which will be the game. And it's just an absolute tempo card that also like uh, basically helps you achieve your win con in the way of like summoning units and starting the the sand soldier attacks. So yeah, absolute crazy card, I think. I've been talking with people and they were mentioning because there's another Shurima deck that was prevalent in the last expansion. Now we do not see anymore. I'm talking about Persian Assets and they kind of got similar tools, but not really because on top of it, I Israel really gets the Defiant Dance, but both decks got kind of Treasure Seeker. So why do you think Israel benefits from Treasure Seeker while, for example, Persian Assets does not and it's not seen anymore? Um, I think Fresh Nasus is still underrated. Like people, I think people realize the nerf it got. Not being fearsome is not as huge as it like seemed at first, where it's like often you got a free swing in uh, in the way. But uh, just flipping Nasus is often enough. I think people just kind of got trapped by the Viego lists with Shurima, um, which have been played more. So I think they still run Treasure Seeker. I think like it's still a crazy combo when you have like a Merciless Hunter and just get to trade the five two Ephemeral into a unit. But I think this deck um, just feels really good, like to have this card because often people like people when they see an opportunity to clear a board, they do it right. Because if they force you to attack with your Azir to even get the blade dance, um, they get to damage him, eventually kill him. You put him in danger, so you don't have that many units right that can like open attack or something. Because like a sparring student often just gets traded. You basically have your duo which can swing in, maybe like one of your early units which you don't mind losing even though like having blockers with the deck like Azerolia that's like all about ephemeral attacks is still pretty good so I think having that spell that gives you like an attacker uh, that you will not like need later uh, just to like have a safe attack alongside your Azir where you can hold them back uh, just gives you a lot of flexibility while also basically helping you develop a blocker in like turns where uh, it's going towards the mid game your opponent slap like let's say, an, a Screeching Dragon, all that stuff, you know, like, if we say, like, Jordan Shen being the traditional mid-range deck right now, just having a 5-2 blocker, uh, even though the, if they skip the attack turn, you spend 2 mana to waste an attack token, which is amazing. So I think the card is just 
rightfully so considered really really strong while i still think it's like on the weaker side right like in the deck considering like dune keeper does the same which we kind of talked about here um basically saves mana while also giving the same summons and sparring student obviously being a key unit in the deck so that's why i think it's a two off in the deck but still fits a really good spot and for the reasons i just uh, tried to describe it kind of adds it kind of adds a little bit of depth to the deck because it's basically a two for one you just get the two one body and then you get the two mana five two which you said is so versatile for example with just two mana i can stop an entire attack because your opponent doesn't want to see set his board into an ephemeral five two that dies next turn exactly yeah i mean i think the the kind of like people memeing on twitter being like you know deck building is so easy they slap in treasure seekers Shape Zone, two Preservariums, at least before Akshan. Uh, you don't play Preservariums as much right now. They put in their Sivir, Merciless Hunter, Ruin Runner, and your deck is finished. You can put in anything you want, and it's going to be good. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, we saw that the developers kind of pushing Shurima a bit over the top because it was such a, had such a weak launch when it first launched, uh, missing a lot of cards, a lot of synergies that we have now. So I think, yeah, obviously Shurima were pretty well, uh, pretty pretty good, and Treasure Seeker being like also a core part of it by now, just by the insane power level it has for a one drop. Nice. So imagine the tournament was region lock rather than the traditional red lock. So we have the, all these three decks. We have Azrarelia, Plunder, and we have this Cardagro. What what did we try to target, or what did we want to face with these three decks? I mean, for the most part, I think uh, I was just expecting mirrors, people bringing Ionia, Shurima, and Discard. Third deck, I was thinking, I mean, maybe some people tried to split Ionia from uh, Shurima, which I tried myself, because it's like two very strong regions right now, right? Uh, I saw a lot of people try it in the form of like Thresh Nasus. Uh, Tilted brought, I think, Reputation. So people have been attempting that, but overall, like Ionia, Shurima, and Discard has been the most famous lineup. And I think we're pretty well set into if we just ban the Discard. Uh, we get a pretty safe plunder first queue into the Sivir, while also if the in the rare case that we had an except Mirror where they also had plunder, uh, Azerolia was a really good queue as well because it kind of farms plunder. And me being pretty comfortable on Azerolia allowed me to win like a lot of matchups into Sivir, which I'm unfavored into. So I was just all about like skill diffing this tournament, not targeting anything, because I kind of expected like this is going to be the most famous lineup. I think in region lock you're always going to end up with a weak link if you try to target it. So I figured I'd just bring this lineup, I bring Azaralia out of comfort and having a better match matchup into Plunder and it kind of worked out. Like I didn't drop a single best of three, I think. No bracket reset, so yeah, I think it worked out pretty well. But yeah, I, I, apart from skill gapping the mirrors, I did not have a real strategy this time. I just brought good decks. And where does this confidence of playing those mirrors? Because you mentioned you expected a lot of discard mirrors, you expected Azaralia mirrors. Where does this confidence come from? Um, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, also for EMS, I also brought Azeroli and Aggro, right? I think I've kind of like discovered by now that I this kind of suits my playstyle. It works out pretty well for me. It kind of clicked. Um, like we, the two Unilegas before that, like I won the first one, but the second one I placed fifth because I just went like out of my way to bring like I think decks that do well into the meta in, in the form of Innivia the last time. And I was losing it. Like already in groups, I was like, please get me out. Like, I hate playing this. I don't know how to play this. I don't know how to play its matchups. Um, so, you know, like picking up decks just out of like trying to counter something. Uh, I was lacking experience in areas of like how the other matchups, like of, of decks that I didn't expect. 
um, like when it's not the most famous lineup, like you have to test all these matchups. And if you just pick up a new deck for that because you think it's well settled in the meta, which I did in the form of Plunder, um, whereas I know I'm banning Noxus, so there's not much testing to do. You just test into the Shrima decks, and ideally you test into some Demacia piles maybe for the mid range aspect. Like it's very easy to prepare into region lock these, like for this part. Um, but uh, I, I've kind of lost my trail here right now. Like, um, let me think. What, what was the question again? Sorry, it's been a long day. <laughs> Why do you feel so favored with uh, disc in discard mirrors and in Ezreal Relia mirrors? <laughs> oh, discard mirrors because I never had to play them, right? Because I'm kind of banning discard, so I was good on that side. Um, I think the even Simon, like Simon, is always like, yeah, it's you know, I'm just I'm winning most mirrors, and when I see him play it, and he doesn't draw a Jinx, and his opponent has like crowd favorite Jinx. He's always just like, you know, slapping his table or something, knocking over his cam. So, um, yeah, I think the discard mirrors can go anyway. Like, it can... I feel like there's not much you can, can do apart from, like, knowing the deck. And I don't think there's much you, you basically can consider in this matchup. Whereas, like, maybe you save and get excited for Jinx, which you shouldn't play if you can flip it there. Or maybe you trade away the board before the crowd favor turns if you don't have one yourself. Uh, if your opponent knows what he's doing, he's just not letting it happen unless you put a lot of pressure. And if you don't have a hand that can support this in the form of like a Draven Vision or something, I think there's not much you can do if you draw worse. So um, we're kind of getting back to the aspect of discard sometimes being high rolly. Um, I think that's also like the case in the mirrors, especially, right? Like there is, if you have an average roll against a high roll, like a low roll against an average roll, it's like, it shows very strongly because it like puts the other one in the driver's seat and you're like forced to play reactively. Which is like really bad in aggro mirrors for the most part, right? And yeah. So yeah, I didn't have to play that. Azorelia, that's yeah. Azorelia is basically the reason I didn't want to play silver mirrors, so I just brought Azorelia. So I knew I was not gonna face a lot. I think I placed I, I only faced Kurashi, who also brought it. Uh I actually had a crazy game where I only had an Azir. He had Azir, Aurelia, and a Dice. So I kinda won that. I don't know how I won that in the end. I think it was just like Top decking recalls and stuff like that Impressive. in the end. Yes, I I do I should have never won that. Like I was already okay. So how do I tackle the next uh, the next game basically in this best of three? And then at some point I was like, wait, I can win this. I traded away my whole board, but I was like, I can win this with like an open attack with a zero spell and stuff like that. So uh, there was like a lot of stuff I I could do there. Um, I think Azarelia like allows for it's not as polarized anymore as it was like where you don't get the attack token on odd. You're kind of screwed. Because like you often you're forced to trade away your whole board on five. The fact that it got a little bit slowed down in the form of like the Azir and Duralia level ups uh, helped that a lot. So I think the mirror is a bit more bearable. I was not expecting the mirror. I felt pretty confident into um Sivir, whereas like I can go for the duo win con. If I get two duos, I'm really good. One duo I force out a ghost and I don't get blown out immediately. So um I, I could basically do some work with the recalls and like the blade dances putting enough pressure. So I was hoping to not play a lot of mirrors. I think only Plunder was a mirror I faced. I also played that against Coinflip in, in the finals. I flipped my champs on five. He was at one stack. So uh, yeah, these mirrors also suck. But in the end, I dodged a lot of mirrors by bringing Azuralia. I think so. I felt pretty confident. Nice. And my next question is, what are we winning next? What are we planning to win next? Uh, so ideally, it would be seasonal. Um, I know I'm like kind of looking to the stars here. Like, seasonal is a whole different thing. Like, there's a lot of variety there. There's a lot of, like, more competition, obviously. So I would be happy with the top four to qualify for Worlds, because that's the only way I can get in um, right now. 
Apart from that, there are actually no tournaments planned for me right now, which uh, feels a bit weird because I felt like I'm I'm finally getting back into the competitive scene, but there's nothing. Uh, so what I'm actually going to do next is host a little tournament for the boys, like the prep group. I promised them if I win Uniliga after UEM, I'll do a little tournament, like 100, 150 euro, um, just for them. And we're going to invite, you know, some good players because, like, they always like to, you know, they're, they're pretty cocky when it comes to their skills. So they're always like, eh, I'll beat them easy, you know. Uh, so I'm just going to invite some good players and put them in their place. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> and yeah, we'll see how that goes. But for the playing part of tournaments, I'll have to see what comes up. Like, there's nothing planned. Are you playing soon. yourself in that tournament or are you just uh, hosting it? Yeah, I'm gonna actually cast it with Ice T and like some, oh, some nice. German friend. So yeah, Ice T, you know, like I, I, I got my favor here from him, being good friends with him for a while. Like, you are, like, you know, like Ice T is a, is a nice guy who's like always down to, to do you a favor because he's such a cool guy. So uh, I'll have the chance to cast it with him because it was like pretty short notice. Like I won the tournament on Sunday. I'll probably do it next weekend. So there's not, not a lot of preparation. Um, I'm not going to play because I, it would feel weird to just win my money back because like I'm going to beat no. all of them, right? So no. uh, <laughs> I don't want to be like the scammer who's like, you know, I'll put like 150 in the pool. I'm generous. And then I win back like 60% of it. So uh, yeah, I had to sit this one out. But I, I think I'll have a lot of fun like casting this. And I think I have a pretty juicy lineup of players prepared for that. So we'll see how that goes. Just tell me you guys are casting it in English, not in German. So I can actually understand what you're saying. Yeah, we're all German people, but we're actually going to cast it in English. Uh, yeah, because like yes. Ice-T is still more confident in English. Like he has a lot, done a lot of casting with you, right? Um, so I think he, he's, he's really well-spoken in English, right? Like I think there I need some practice. Uh, I'll use it as some practice just for fun. Uh, I have like a, a friend basically, like I knew him from Duke of Prunes, like you basically know him from Twitch chat. Um, like there's like a buddy of him, Lizard, like no one knows him, but he has a really nice radio uh, speaker voice. So I think we'll make it work. He cast some, some other games tournament in the past. So yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, I think. And we can trash talk Simon a bit, you know, like backseating. He was like, you know, like, sorry, he's always like, I, I suggested someone to invite. He's like, no, this guy always high rolls me. And I'm like, sorry, please give a real reason. I was like, okay, but what about this guy? He's like, nah, he high-rolled me in seasonals, mm, something like this. And uh, when Simon is just like, sure, invite him, invite him. I showed him the finalist. He's like, okay, this is free. So <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, hopefully we'll see um, Simon, you know, put up a fight there, uh, show some struggle. And I think then everyone's going to be pretty happy with all the tournaments going. So yeah. Yeah, but it's just a small thing. We do it before seasonals. It's mostly for fun. Like, it's 100 euro. We're only giving money to the first three. So I think we're doing, like, a 55-30-15 split or something. Um, but, yeah, it's mostly for seasonal prep and just, you know, like, getting all the boys together in the pit and fight till death. So that's that's the, the main purpose of this tournament. You have weird taste of entertainment, putting people together. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I always like gladiators. Out. I always like gladiators, so... <laughs> Yeah, we'll see uh, how Simon does in the arena. But we, yeah. We will see. I mean, we have been talking about who helped you along the way to prepare for this tournament. BB was the was the re uh, lab rat playing the Sejuani yeah. GP on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was also testing Chen Drive for me. He was like, that game is garbage, but because I gained LP from Plunder, I'll do it. And then he also went like on a six win streak with it. I was almost bringing Shen Jorim, but then I would have had to think of like a good Shurima deck, whereas like it's always going to be worse than a Ionia pairing, so I went with Plunder in the end. But like I was surprised how many 
like good mid-range decks there actually are considering we kind of considered it like a dead archetype alongside control for a while so shen jarvan actually surprising especially with with like the new the uh pod card i don't know what's the first it's like the you know like the six mana the pod that draws you yeah like a spell mostly like draws you the golden ages which is really amazing um so yeah i think there's like a, still i don't know like i see people streaming other games already on twitch and I'm, i feel like i'm going in and i'm like damn this is so diverse there's so much to test so like maybe some change driving today maybe some as well yeah this day like i don't know i'm feeling pretty good in this meta and that's i think why I, i'm having like a, a bit of success here because like i feel like it just clicked and i'm actually having so fun like a lot of fun playing the game First, so, you need to good. finish the creator challenges so you can give us skins and words. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm like Worthos. I, I finally reached the 30 mark. I'll give away like the, the skins this week, but I think I have to stop here because now it's time to grind some ladders so I can make it with a 7 2 score. Because like the, the dream of a world champion should, is kind of dead, but there's like, you know, there's like a little spark of hope. So um, we'll see. Like it's probably worth to go for like a, a top 30 placement to like get a 7 2 score. That would be good. Definitely would be yes. good since you are someone that you kind of underrate yourself, but you are performing in every tournament you get to play. Maybe you do not have the time, but when you play, you put your heart into it and it shows. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like I, I just see like Sorry and Simon like playing so many grassroots tournaments, which I sadly don't have time for anymore. I feel like I'm a bit left behind. Like I used to play a lot of like in beta and rising tides. But ever since then, like, stuff got a bit busy. I got a bit demotivated to, like, spend the weekends then playing tournaments. So I always feel like I kind of rely on their experience, like, what they faced in tournaments, you know. And I'm, I feel like I'm kind of relying on the player experience of the others because I'm, like, also not playing much ladder. Uh, I'm not playing much in general. I'm just, like, scrimming a lot if I have the time. So, yeah, I, I kind of feel left behind there. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll mostly try the humble approach and see how it goes. And I got lucky. To, like, you know, I have a lucky streak right now. Let's see how long it, it keeps going. I mean, you're something like, I'm not playing a lot, but when I'm playing... <laughs> yeah, that's the idea, right? It's better than the other way around, where I play a lot and then it doesn't work out. So, yeah. I mean, in the end, it's card games. Like, Wadia, which also had, like, the same lineup. I think, like, Sivir and then also, like, Plunder and Discard. Really good lineup. Amazing player, obviously. And he sadly didn't make it out of groups due to some unfortunate uh, circumstances. So, it's still a card game, right? It can go any way. And I think that's always important to keep in mind because, like, you to not feel down too much after it if it doesn't like go in your way. I think that's very important because, like, there's a lot of stuff which you have under your control, and sometimes there, you know, sometimes it just slips out of your hands because, like, you you've been like like having a series of unfortunate draws and stuff. So I think it's always important to keep in mind that there's nothing you can do to stay on the top. You always rely a bit on luck and the best you can do is play for your odds. And um, if that works out, you, you're, you can celebrate. But uh, I think it's always a bit, you know, like I don't like being going into something expecting to be the best performing player. So because like there's so much to it, which uh, sometimes cannot be under my control. I'm just glad it worked out the last time. So we'll see. We will see, but we're at the end of the interview, and you know our tradition. If you have one single thing that you would like to tell to the audience watching, which one would that be? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the audience, I don't know. Uh, even I don't know. Just try playing some tournaments, actually. I don't think that's getting told enough here. Like, people are just like, play the game, play some ladder. I think there's like a lot of like amazing little grassroots tournaments, whether it's like OLS or like some, some smaller ones. Uh, it's always nice, like especially with the new best of three mode, like it's made so much easier. You're skipping all the Runeterra ban, adding stuff. 
you know, like all the Discord, like there's like all this procedure got made pretty easy with the most recent patch. So I think like everyone who has been kind of burned out from like playing the game or playing some ladder or feels like, you know, um, they're like just grinding through Diamond right now, can't quite make it into Master, just like for a fresh like Wrath of Air, like try a tournament. They are kind of time intensive, but even then, even if you just play four rounds and then drop, um, just, you know, getting a feel for it. It's just a nice thing to do. And I think that's... Without tournaments, I wouldn't be invested in lore anymore. Like, not not for the money, but because it's just so much fun to play. Alright, so... Guys play tournaments because they are fun, and I can agree. I mean, except for those Fuki Karma mirrors, for those Targon mirrors back in the days, for those TLC mirrors. Outside of that, it's a fun game in the tournaments. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of true. So, yeah. um, I think we're going to the shoutouts here, right? <laughs> Do you want to shout out that's... anyone in particular? I mean, yeah, you kind I mean, of talked about them. But you, you know, I always yeah. I mean, I tell the other ones like you know the interviews live. I know they're just skipping to the end, seeing if they got a shout out. Uh, <laughs> that's usually how they go about it. And then sometimes they watch uh, some of this shit I'm actually saying in these videos. So uh, I don't expect them to have watched anything. But big shout out to Simon obviously and Broken Ball. Uh, they helped me the most for this one. Sorry, of course, with his. TF Swain Copium has been, you know, giving me moments of doubts, but uh, he's still appreciated, obviously. Uh, coin flip, you know, we had a fun ride, like, in the tournament uh, itself. We didn't prepare much together, like, or in general. Uh, I still appreciate him. Apart from that, like, Catasys has also helped a bit, so, yeah. And, yeah, also shout out to you that you're, like, I've seen you, I don't know, I, I, I check my Twitter and I see you post a new interview. I think I was here, like, three weeks ago, and we did the first episode of the series. Um, I think it's important to, like, I don't know, like, I appreciate your grind, your daily streams, I've been kind of keeping up with it, and I think it, it doesn't get said enough, I also, yeah, you know, I think you, you deserve a shout out for all the grind and effort you put in, um, because I think, you know, like, sometimes, uh, it doesn't come off as, like, like, appreciated or something, but, like, I actually really enjoy being here, and, like, because, like, talking about winning is fun, right, for the most part, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I appreciate the grind you put in. Thank you a lot. Thank you for the appreciation. And we're going to end on that note and we're going to, with the note of thank you guys for watching yourselves because you have been with us since the start of this series and you keep on coming and thank you a lot for that. But until next time, when there's going to be obviously another interview, see you.